out tonight. And the Bible says this in Romans 8, verses 18, and it says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the sons of, or the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Not only, the, not only creation, but we ourselves, we have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly and wait eagerly as adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies for in this for in this we hope for what we do not excuse me for in this we hope um, we were saved now that now hope that is now hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he sees but if we hope for what we do not see we wait for it with patience likewise the spirit helps us in our weaknesses for we do not know what we ought to pray but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words and he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Father, reveal to us what you're doing when we may not know what you're doing. Amen. Father, show us your plan, your purposes, and how much you love us. And God, reveal to us what Romans 8 is all about. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody say, it's coming. The Bible says in the verse 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. So the Bible says if you're suffering and you're going through something in this present time, there is a glory that is about to be revealed to you. Amen. And so I want you to begin to realize that it's coming. And if you're going through something, the glory of God is going to be revealed to you and you're going to walk in the fullness of what God wants you to walk in. Do not be so consumed with the trial that you're going through that you miss the you that you're coming into. I didn't say miss the new situation you're coming into because when you're going through a situation, God is trying to bring you into something, not you into a new situation. Amen. He's trying to bring you into something, and that something is a greater revelation of who he is, a greater revealing of who he is in your life. And so as, you're, as God is, is doing something in your life, people ask this question all the time, what do you do when you don't know what to do, and what is God trying to do in those times? Have you ever been in those times? What do you do when you don't know what to do, and where in the world is God, and what is he doing in those times? You know, you've ever had the situations in life, you're like, where is God right now? God, I could really use you right now. What do you begin to do when you don't even know what to understand or even know how to get through the situation you're going through? Listen, if you're in that boat or you've been in that boat, you're not alone because the disciples had the same problem. Listen to this account in Mark 8. It says, but the disciples had forgotten to bring any food. They had only one loaf of bread with them in the boat. And as they were crossing the lake, Jesus warned them, watch out, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Herod. And they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. And Jesus knew what they were saying. And so he said, why are you arguing about having no bread? Don't you know or don't you yet? Yeah, don't you know um, or, or yet? Yeah, don't you know or understand even yet? Are your hearts too hard to take it in? You're, you have eyes. Can't you see? You have ears. Can't you hear? Don't you remember anything at all? When I fed the 5,000 with five loaves, and how many baskets left over did we pick up afterward? And they said, 12. And when I fed the 4,000 with seven loaves, and how many large baskets of leftover did you pick up? Seven. 
Don't you understand yet, they asked him. So what do you do when you don't understand? They were in a situation where they didn't understand. And the question I have, can you trust him with what you don't know until he gets you to a place where you do know? Can you trust him in what you don't know until he gets you to a place where you do know? The disciples were worried because they didn't have any bread. They were worried about the moment. Jesus wasn't worried about the moment. Jesus was concerning himself with what he was trying to bring them into. So many of us, we miss what God is trying to bring us into because we're worried about we don't have no bread at the moment. Right? See, we're praying to God, pay my light bill, and God's not worried about your light bill. He'll take care of the light bill. He's trying to bring you into something that you don't know, but can you trust him with what you don't understand till he gets you to a place where you do understand? Can you trust him with what you're not sure about until he gets you to a place where you are sure about? The disciples thought they, that the, the, the disciples' thoughts were about what they didn't have in the moment, and Christ was concerned about bringing them and making them and be, making them like him because of what they were going to encounter moving forward in the process. And so in the moment when they're, ha- they're, they're talking about, I don't have any bread, Jesus is talking not about bread, but about what they're going to encounter in the rest of their ministry. Yeah. And so you may be thinking, I don't have the ability to do this. And, and, and God's saying, hey, I'm going to teach you a lesson that's going to change the course of the rest of your life. But we miss the lesson for the rest of our life because we don't have no bread. We miss the lesson for the rest of our life because, God, I just want my electric bill paid. <laughs> We miss the rest for the rest of our life. God, can't you just touch my kid? See, have you ever wondered why God, whenever, I don't want to say this rudely, but have you ever wondered why when you want an answer, God doesn't give you something, he gives you the word or a word? Because his word is better than a thing. Because his word comes from him. And sometimes it doesn't look like the answer you need, but the answer you need may be for the moment and he's setting you up for a lifetime. See, God doesn't look at it from our perspective. You may be thinking, I need this in the moment. The disciples were freaking out. They thought Jesus was mad at them because they had no bread and they forgot the bread and they forgot to bring lunch. And Jesus said, why are you worried about lunch? I made 5,000 people get fed out of five loaves and two fish and I had leftovers. And how many did I have? He even asked them the question. It's like he's making them prove to themselves that he can do anything with anything in any situation. And he said, how many basketfuls did you have left over? And they told him. And then the 4,000, how many large basketfuls? So why are you worried about bread? And God is telling his church the same thing many times. You've seen me do miracle after miracle. You've heard testimony after testimony. Why are you worried about it? And he's giving us a word that's for a lifetime. And all we're worried about is bread in the moment. And God is trying to pull us into something greater. And, And that greater thing is this. That greater thing he's trying to bring us into is the sufferings you're going through are not worth comparing to the glory being revealed to us. And so if you're in a place of suffering that you don't understand, get your eyes off your circumstance and get him into what he's trying to bring you into. Because what he's bringing you into is going to take care of not just your answer for the moment, but set you up with ministry for a lifetime. We've got to begin to realize that God is not trying to get us something. He's trying to get us to him. And not just when I said it's coming, as he reveals himself to you, as we just read, it says 
not worth comparing, the current sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. So it no longer, once it's revealed to you, it's no longer it's coming. You need to change it to I'm coming. See, the worst thing the devil wants to see is not it coming, it's you coming. But God's trying to get it's it's coming to be revealed to you so it's no longer it coming, it's I'm coming. And some of you need to take your eyes off your current sufferings because it's not worth comparing to what he's about to reveal to you because when he reveals himself to you, if we'll get our eyes off this and put them on him and he reveals himself to you, it's not just his word coming to you, it's you coming forth with the power of his word moving forward and so it's no longer just it's coming it turns into I'm coming and so now we go back to those two famous questions what do you do when you do not know what to do and what is God doing through these times these are two questions that gets asked over and over and over in the ministry of things we do not understand and so the answer to that is this it's Ephesians 1 16 and 17 it says for I do not cease to give thanks for you Remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the... Now listen, we all get excited about this. May give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. We all jump up and down and throw a party. But we got to stop for a minute. He wants to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. See, a lot of us want wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of the earth. God, what do I do about this problem? You want to know how to earthly answer an earthly problem when God says, I don't need you giving the earthly answer to an earthly problem. I need you giving a kingdom answer to an earthly problem. And so he doesn't just want to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Everybody says, I want spirit of wisdom and revelation. Good, but you need to clarify in what area. Because I want the spirit of wisdom and revelation, but in the knowledge of him so I can bring kingdom answers to earthly circumstances. A lot of you, we, we get excited about the spirit of wisdom and revelation, which is good. But if it's not based in the knowledge of him, we're not going to get the results of him that we want. I'll give you an example. Father, I need the spirit of wisdom and revelation for a situation. And your best friend tells you to get a second job. That's wisdom and revelation. Good. Go get another job. That's, that's not bad advice. The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him... God, I'm short on money. What do I do? Tithe. A whole different world. See, the kingdom of the earth says work more. And God says, if you'll just give me what's already mine, I'll open up everything I got for you. See, there's a big difference of the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. But I've heard pastor after pastor preach, oh, he wants to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Yes, he does, but in the knowledge of him. Because he wants to bring kingdom answers to earthly situations to prove that he is God and to, what we're going to get into, to reveal that you are sons of God to all of creation. See, God is trying to get you off your moment, off your circumstance, to bring you into the knowledge of him to reveal his glory to you. So it's not just him coming, it's you coming with him and I'm coming. So then he can reveal to you the, the, all of creation that you're sons of God. Yeah. See, God's got a bigger agenda than just meeting your, your electric bill. His agenda is he wants your electric bill paid, don't get me wrong. But he wants to more than pay your electric bill, get your focus on him and so he can reveal himself to you so you get kingdom answers and then he can reveal himself to you in such a way that all of creation knows that you're a son of God. Yeah, 
that one of the, the, the greatest things I ever learned about pastoring a church is this. Joel quit working so much in it, step back and start working on it. Right? Because if I'm working in it, I'm fixing everything. I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm doing that. Hands are in everything. When you step back and take your hands off it and start looking at it from an outside perspective and you start working on it, I need a person to do this. 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 If you'll step back from your situation and not be so wrapped up in it that you can then start working on it, you may see how to, it may not be an electric bill that's the problem. It may be your whole financial budget that's the problem. But you're so concerned about the bill, you're not working on the whole budget. And if you'll work on the whole budget, the bills will get paid. Okay, y'all don't like the electric bill part. I mean, I... Okay, you're so concerned with your spiritual crisis that, that you're missing the fullness of God. And if you'll set your spiritual crisis aside for a second, if you'll set your, 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 your kids being bad aside for a second and realize it may not be your kids just being bad, it may be the whole family unit that needs some work. You're not so much in it so you can start working on it. You can get not an objective view but a God view. And as you begin to do that, you'll begin to see things differently. And so sometimes not knowing, I know you're not going to like this, sometimes not knowing is the best place to be. Sometimes not knowing the answer is the best place to be. Why? Because then and only then do we come to a place where we operate in the knowledge of him. Because if you're operating in, if you're operating in, the, in what you know, you're operating in the knowledge of you. And the knowledge of you got you where you're at. So sometimes the best thing to know is not to know. Because then you got to operate in a knowledge that you don't have. And therefore it causes you to get outside of your normal realm of thinking. And the problem with that is, is what source are you turning to? You're asking God, but then you're going to your best friend. You're asking God, but then you're Googling the answer. You're asking God, if you're asking God, wait for him to give you an answer. We've got to begin to realize that, that not knowing can be the best place to be because then you've got to step outside into what you don't know. And when you're in what you don't know, you're looking for answers you didn't have before. And then you just got to look to the right source for the answers. And the answers from the Father are not going to make sense to the lost people at your workplace who are never in church and don't understand the Spirit of God on their life. Okay? So if you're looking for approval from ungodly people when you're making a godly decision, you're not going to get it. If you're looking for approval from church members that don't live in the spirit of God, you're not going to get it. Okay? Because a lot of us hear from God, but we, we want so-and-so's approval. That means you want their approval more than God's. And so sometimes the best place to be is to be in the place that I don't know. I get this question all the time. What are y'all doing to grow the church? God's doing great things. I don't know. <laughs> We're taking it day to day. I wake up in the morning and say, God, help us. <laughs> See, y'all think I'm playing and being funny. I'm telling you the absolute truth. God, help us. Help us do what you've called us to do today. Be the kingdom of God in our culture today. God, help us because we don't know what we're doing. You want to know how we don't know? Because we've never been there before. 
Amen. Come. So we got we we got Jeff and Amy when they do base groups they've never been there before so they they don't know so they got to step out and operate in a knowledge that they don't have yet and that's called the knowledge of Him. We don't know. We've never been there before with small groups. And they're doing a great job. But, but they're stepping out. Our worship team's doing things we've never done before. And they're having to operate not in the knowledge of what they know, but in the knowledge of what they don't know. And so they're having to operate in knowledge of him that they've never had before. And it's the same thing with me. There are things I don't know. So I've got to rely on the voice of the Spirit of God. But in that, if I'm relying on the voice of the Spirit of God and wanting your approval on decisions that I'm making, it's not going to work out all the time. Okay? Henry Ford said this, if I would have asked the people what they wanted, they would have said, faster horses. When God said, I got a car inside of you, Henry. Do you understand? It's the same thing with your life. People are asking you, what do you want? Don't say faster horses because God's got some cars on the inside of you. How he's going to propel the kingdom of God forward. I'm so glad Henry Ford did not listen because I don't like riding horses. I'm sorry for all you people who are ranch people. Have at it. Ride them all day long. I'll take a four-wheeler. Come on, baby. I mean, I want you to begin to understand he's trying to bring you into something. And so sometimes not knowing is the best place to be because that's when we'll operate in the knowledge of him. He's trying to get us outside of our circumstance or trial and see it different and not just see it different, see it from him. Not that the trials from him, see the trial from his perspective. See the challenge from his perspective. See the circumstance from his perspective. How many of y'all know when you grew up, your parents really did know when you came in late? Right? Come on now, thank you, Jesus. I'm lucky I'm the third one. They were tired of it by then. They said, Joel, just be responsible. We don't care anymore. Amen. So they got in trouble when I didn't. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. But they, they knew from an outside perspective. Why? Because they'd been there. God knows because he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's seen it. This ain't his first rodeo. I don't care if we're in the year 2017. Okay? He saw it with, 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 with massive countries years back. The rise and falls of nations. So he, he understands everything that we're going through politically, governmentally. And, it, and even if we've never been there before, he's God. He's, he's omnipresent and he's all-knowing. And so he knows. And so in this, he's wanting you to step into that all-knowing, right? So he can give you knowledge of him, from him, for your earthly situation. And bring the kingdom to your situation and, and, and what you're going through. And so in this, when we get into the place in the knowledge of him, then verse 19 takes place of Romans 8. For the creation waits. Listen to this. It says, creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. See, when you step into the knowledge of him and begin to do it in the knowledge of him, you're no longer operating like you. And God says, good, now I can reveal him as my son. See, God's whole agenda is not getting you through your trial. It's revealing you as his son and his daughter. God's whole agenda is not getting your electric bill paid. It's getting you to a place where you can say, I can reveal them as my son because all of creation is waiting for my sons and daughters to rise up so I can show my glory and power on them. See, God's whole agenda isn't so much your something that you need. It's him. He wants you to get him to you. So then all of creation that's been eagerly waiting, he can unveil or reveal you to all of creation. That's my boy. That's my girl. 
Uh, they, 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 they understand me in this certain area so I can reveal them as my son. They can, I can reveal them as my daughter. Now, now listen, as God's re-wait, revealing to wait, waiting to reveal you to all of creation, when he reveals you as a son, he's revealing you as a person with authority. Yes. He's revealing you as a person that looks like him. I mean, bless my little boy's heart. There's no getting away from who their daddy is, right? I mean, I love it. They may not like it, but I love it. Amen? Amen. They, they look like the father. Sons are given the power of the father to operate in, but not until they'll use it in the knowledge of him. Have you ever wondered why? God says, Jesus said this, all authority in his heaven and earth has been given unto me, therefore you go. And why some believers do miracles and some don't. It's not because God specifically chosen them. It's because in that area at that time, I believe this, God, they'll use that power and anointing in the knowledge of him, not in the knowledge of them. A great example of this is the disciples said this. People were coming against Jesus and the disciples said, can we call down fire from heaven? That's a true story. And Jesus said, you're not using that in the knowledge of me. So although you can possess it and ask for it, doesn't mean I'm going to give it. Because if you used it like that, I couldn't reveal you to the world as sons of my father. That's right. so, same thing. And so it's my heart to steward his presence so well and go in the knowledge of him so much that he reveals to all of creation, that's my boy. He's going to live like me. He's going to act like me. He's going to look like me. He operates like me. And y'all didn't know God spoke fast and he's texting. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> God's goal is not to get something to you, it's to get you to him so he can reveal you to all of his creation. And that's what he goes on to say in the next uh, verses, verses 20, and and I'll let you read that on your own because I know we're short on time, but I want to get there, amen? And it says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know to pray for what, we do not know to pray for what we ought But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So God specifically sent the Holy Spirit to get you there. Where? Where is he wanting to get you? In the knowledge of him. That's why God sent the Holy Spirit. If you're ever wondering what the Holy Spirit is for, it's to get you there. Where is there? Where is the knowledge of him? Where is not a destination? It's not to get Joel to his final ending place in ministry here on this earth. It's to get Joel in the knowledge of him. See, we we often limit an infinite God to a finite time frame. And if we limit an infinite God to a finite time frame, we put God in our world instead of us going into his world. Right? The problem with that is it's kind of like, you know what, as a kid, you, you would get a jar and you fill it full of dirt and you put a bunch of ants in there and you close it and you'd watch them just live their life in a jar. That's like saying, I love these ants so much, I'm going to go get in that jar with them and I'm going to make them think of me confined to this. When we try to pull all of God into our world instead of us going into his world, we're confining an infinite God to our finite thinking, our finite mindset, our, our, our finiteness that limits who he is because God can't fit in an ant jar bottle just like you can Now, God came to this ant jar bottle to rescue us and not just rescue us, empower us to save us from sinful nature so we could live in this world but operate in his world. 
And so God, when he did that, he, he said the spirit of God is specifically for this. It's to get you there. Where? In the knowledge of him so we can walk in his authority, look like him, and use his power, the power of the Father, in the knowledge of him. And it says, likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness. Weakness, what is that? Something more than you can handle, out of your control, where you must have the knowledge of him. That's what a weakness is. The spirit is there to help us in our weakness. Something out of your control, more than you can handle, that we must do it in the knowledge of him. This is such a big sufferings of this present time, that one of the very first verses we read, that you don't even know how to pray about it. Have y'all ever been there? God, this is so jacked up, I don't even know where to begin to pray. Right? Some of y'all are like, my kids are so messed up. I don't even know where to start. My finances are so messed up, I don't even know where to begin. Everything's so messed up, I don't even know where to start or what it looks like. And it says, you are, you're so much at loss. It says, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit. Amen. We don't know, but the Spirit. It jumps out there. The Spirit of God was sent to you for this reason. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Now, 1 Corinthians 4, 4. Now, this is not the full context of, of, of what this is about, but it is in the context of what it is. 1 Corinthians 4, 4 says, a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. Amen. And then it goes on to say, a person who prophesies strengthens the church. So if you're ever wondering why Pastor Joel prays in tongues, it says, because the Bible says, it strengthens me personally. That's why I do it. Because goodness, I need some strength from time to time. Amen. I do it daily because it strengthens me daily. And the Bible says we're at so much of a loss, we do not even know how to pray, but the Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. That's where the Spirit of God rises up. Now, now understand this. There is a lot more to this than I can go into in this two seconds of this segment, okay? But this is basically what when, when you pray in your prayer language and in this time, it is for the edification and the strengthening of yourself. Prophecy is for the edification and strengthening of the church. And so you in your private daily devotional life, I want to encourage you this. Say, Spirit of God, I want you to begin to pray through me because it says you intercede for me in this way and in this manner. And it's to strengthen you. Why? Why do you need strength? Because obviously you don't know what you're doing because you need the knowledge of him. <laughs> and if it's a situation too great for you to understand that you're at a loss, that these current sufferings are nothing to be compared to, to the glory about to be revealed to us, there's got to be a transition from your suffering to his glory. Yeah. And that's a lot of times not just a bloop, right? A lot of times that's a pressing through and a, uh, uh, this is going to sound weird. A, 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 a new birthing of you coming into a new revelation of who he is, if that makes sense. It's the metamorphosis of, of a butterfly. It's coming out of the old him into the new creation God's created him to be. It's, it's, it's the locust coming out of his shell into the new thing. It, it's, it's, like, it's like a snake coming out of his old skin into the new person he is. It's the same thing with you. It's you coming out of the old way you lived life into the new way life has been revealed to you to live. And you do it in the knowledge of him. And this is the part I love. He who searches hearts, this is talking about God, God searches hearts, but also knows what is the mind of the spirit. Now, some of you who just thought, oh, the Holy Spirit's the Holy Spirit. It says the mind of the spirit. Right. Now, that'll mess up some of your theology because you just thought, oh, the Holy Spirit's just this spiritual thing. No, it has a mind. He has a mind. 
You have the, the mind of the spirit, it just said. It says, he who searches hearts, man, knows what is the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Now let's talk about the mind of the spirit. When it's tapped into, we then come into the knowledge of him. So when you're praying and groaning and utterings that you don't understand, you're coming into the mind of the spirit, which brings you into the knowledge of him. When you come into the knowledge of him, the spirit of God is interceding for us to combine the knowledge of God, to do the will of God and the power of God so we can be revealed to all creation as sons of God. Now, now I, I wish I had time to expound on that for a little bit, but here's the key to it all. When you're in a place of circumstances or, or trials or sufferings or whatever you want to call it, Paul says these, the, these current sufferings that we're going through is nothing compared to the glory that is being revealed to us. And he's calling you to back off of your sufferings. I know they're there. I know it hurts. I know the heartbreak is real. I know the problem's real. I know you're about to lose your house. I know everything is going wrong. I understand it. But if you can... Push it aside for a moment and step back and begin to intercede in the spirit where, where you don't even know how to pray. It's going to bring you into the knowledge of him so you can know the will of him to walk in the power of him. And so God can reveal to you as sons of his in this earth. And don't you think by that time your situation is already taken care of? See, he's trying to get you just to get out of your circumstance and, and, and into what he's calling you into. And so tonight, as I close this message, my one challenge for you is this. What's your circumstance? The worship team, y'all can come. What's your circumstance? What's your problem? What's your issue? What's your trial? What are you going through? Some of you need this, whatever it is. You, you say, I just need peace for a moment. Listen. The storm's not going to stop raging until you take authority over your storm and say, hold on. Right? Hold on. One minute. Listen, God can do more minutes than you can do in a lifetime. Hold on one minute. I'm stepping away from you. I'm not going to be in you, but I'm going to notice and we're going to work on you. But here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to step away and I'm going to step into praying in a way that I don't understand because it strengthens me to walk into the knowledge or the mind of the spirit, which is the knowledge of God. So then I'll know the will of God. And then I know the will of God. I can operate in the power of God and I'll be revealed as a son of God. And by that time, you're so far past that circumstance or trial and you look completely different in your life. So I'm going to ask you to stand tonight. And we're not going to spend long at an altar call tonight. But what I want you to do is I want you to get real, real with yourself. And if you're going through a circumstance, if you're going through a trial, I just want you to, and listen, this doesn't have to be bigger, it doesn't have to be this massive, outrageous thing. If you're struggling with anything, addictions, problems, trials, circumstances, issue with kids, family issues, husband issues, wife issues, whatever issues you got, I'm just going to ask you to come kneel at the altar and pray. And somebody's going to walk behind you and just lay their hand on you and pray over you. And we're just going to spend time praying over you just for a few minutes. Because I want you to do what only you can do. And that is pray and strengthen yourself to step into the mind of the Spirit, to know the will of God, to operate in the power of God, to be revealed as a son or a daughter of God. Amen. So pray with me as they get ready. Father, in the name of Jesus.
I ask that you would draw people to your presence. And church, right now, if you got an issue, a trial, a circumstance, a problem, begin to come. Just begin to walk up here. We want to lay hands on you and pray for you. And I promise we'll be done in three minutes. But we're not going to miss this time for you to do what only you can do. It says you're the conqueror. You're the overcomer. Not your pastor overcoming for you. Not your worship leader, your small group's pastor overcoming for you. You're the overcomer tonight. And those of you who are in your seats, I, I, I just do this. Anyone who is called to come and pray over somebody, just come. You don't have to be a normal altar worker. You, this may be your first time because God's been calling you to step out into faith and pray for somebody else. I'm just releasing all of y'all to come and do ministry. Lay your hands on people that are up here. Begin to move. And this is really big. Some of y'all, you just need to, where you're at in your seat, if you'll take a step of faith and meet their need, God's going to meet your need. I really believe that. Begin to come.